Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to-do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost 1 million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire at the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Hello and welcome to Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the first race of the season, the 2021 Bahrain Grand Prix. Oh, and what a race it was. I'm your host, Finn Nicroboda, and joining me, as always, is the Planet F1 editor, Michelle Foster. So, Michelle, how are you feeling after that nice, gentle, relaxing start to the season? Uh, good morning, Finley. Um, I think I think my heart rate is just about back in order. Not 100% sure yet. Every now and again, it it gives a little jiggle. I mean, that was just the most incredible start that Formula One could have asked for, and and well done to the lads for that one. Yeah, the best the best first race we've had in a long, long time. I think. Uh, yeah, we should start at Bahrain more often. I think now. Um, obviously, uh, the only place to start is with that intense battle we got for the race win and so many times last season Hamilton won a race and we kind of had to had to mention him just as a formality but there wasn't really much to say about his win um but that is certainly not the case this time because it looks like after all these years we're finally getting the Hamilton v Verstappen battle that we've always wanted yeah, it's been a dream of Formula One fans for a couple of years now. Um, Max versus Hamilton. I mean, the the present versus the future. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, we haven't had it uh, for reasons that <clears throat> we're going to put solely on Red Bull's door. You can't really blame Mercedes for producing an incredible car. So that one is unfortunately on Red Bull. But this year, Red Bull come to the party, you know. They have produced a car that is doing better with the new floor designs than the Mercedes. 
Uh, Honda's engine, Total Wolf, I mean, we all know you sort of take what Total Wolf says with a bucket of salt, but he reckons that Honda engine is better than the Mercedes counterpart as of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Only time will tell if he's got that one right. But yeah, so it was the all-round package, and it was a package that could rival Lewis Hamilton for, I want to say, almost the first time ever. It was really the first time that we got the feeling that this could actually be Max Verstappen's race and potentially even Max Verstappen's championship. Didn't quite pan out that way because Hamilton is just, well, I mean, he's just a phenomenal driver. But what a show those two put on. I mean, they they ran line to stern for the first 13 laps and then the, the normal strategy events came into play with the pit stops. And you kind of thought at one stage that, like, Red Bull had really dropped the ball. I mean, they decided not to respond to Hamilton's strategy and every time kept Max out a couple of laps later. And then he would find himself eight, seven seconds behind uh, Hamilton. But as the last one played out, I mean, I think the gap was nine seconds when Verstappen came out, but he was on tyres that were fresher. And he set about hunting down Hamilton and gave us the best finish we have seen in zonks yeah it's been it's been a while i mean in terms of the ba- a battle for a race win it is it's the best that we've had for such a long time i think you know i mean last year we obviously had we had gasly and perez win races but there was never really a thrilling fight for the win you know the, the, the circumstances kind of made it that they both won fairly comfortably obviously signs was chasing down Gasly in Monza but he never really looked like passing but I mean this was this was incredible uh, I don't know I, I was I think for the like you said I think for pretty much the entire race I kind of saw is Verstappen's to lose um, Red Bull seemed so kind of certain with their strategy Verstappen seemed okay with it um, and then yeah he rejoined for after his final stop about yeah nine or so seconds behind and I just kind of thought, well, he's going to catch him because initially the rate that he was catching at, yeah, it looked like he would. But then, yeah, that gap just kind of didn't really come down quick enough. But then he did obviously catch him with about three or four laps left. But yeah, let's talk about that, the overtake that never was. Because obviously he did get past Hamilton, but he then had to return the position because he went off track by doing so um and that proved to be his only chance to get past the mercedes um yeah after the race he was he was pretty unhappy that his team told him to give back the place he kind of just wanted to keep going and try and build a five second gap um what did you make of it him having to give back the place do you think it was the right call from red bull it was it was the right call from red bull i was absolutely gutted for him i mean that was just that was horrific but the whole thing with turn four this weekend just didn't make any sense. I mean, in practice and qualifying, if you exceeded the turn four track limits, you lost your lap time. All right. And qualifying, I think that that affected Sergio Perez and Daniel Ricciardo in Q1. They both lost qualifying times um, and had to try it all over again. And then you get into the race and race control, Michael Massey, is saying that, okay, so turn four, the track limits no longer matter unless you pass someone with all four wheels off the track, then the track limits matter. Now, I have to be honest and say, I'm with Christian Horner in this one and saying that's that's really shady. I mean, the rules should either be you can go there or you can't go there. 
Not that you, you can go there, but depending on what you do depends on whether you can or can't go there. It makes absolutely no sense. So throughout the race, Hamilton was running wide at turn four because the rules said he could do that. And then suddenly halfway through the race, Red Bull point this out to Max. And Max was, I think he actually asked the team if that was even legal, to which they, they pretty much explained to him that, yes, it is, and now you can start doing it. But then, unfortunately, when he passed Mac, when he passed Hamilton at turn four, it was immediately race control was there saying you got to give the position back. He gave it back, and by then, unfortunately, his tires just weren't in the fight anymore. And you really got a feel for him. I mean, if he had waited one more corner, two more corners, if he had just bided his time a little bit more, maybe that could have been Max Verstappen's win. But in the end, it was Lewis Hamilton's, and yeah, turn four just led to a whole hell of a lot of confusion. Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense because I mean, yeah, like you said, Hamilton, he did it for pretty much every lap in the first in the first half of the race, and I think you know it goes by the fact that you get your lap time deleted if you do it in qualifying. You do gain a decent amount of time by doing that, I think. So, yeah, that was an unfair advantage he had. But yeah, I think, like you said, I think Verstappen really should have waited into the into the better spot. To be honest, uh, obviously it's easy to say now, but if he just held back until the until the um, turn one of the next lap, he probably would have had him. But that's who Verstappen is, isn't it? You know, go for the first opportunity you get, and it makes it all the more entertaining for us. Um, he didn't catch Hamilton at the rate he was expected. He didn't get past. Do you think that's kind of a failing of Verstappen or do you think it's just, you know, brilliance on Hamilton's part, uh, you know, managing his tyres and pace, just, you know, driving the perfect final stint? You know, I think first and foremost, unfortunately, with the Formula One cars we have at the moment, and this is the final year with this generation of cars, they make they make passing really difficult. They make catching and sitting on the back of someone really difficult. So Max had a really, I mean, you saw he was catching Hamilton hand over fist, but as soon as he got within that dirty air, it was kind of like he hit a wall. And I think that's probably why when he when he saw his opportunity, he took it before, I want to say, even thinking about what the, the ramifications there would be. You know? uh, next year, thankfully, we're going to have cars that are specifically designed to make following and therefore hopefully, hopefully overtaking a little bit easier. But you also have to say, Hamilton's defense was absolutely fantastic. I mean, his tires were 11 laps older than Max Verstappen's, and yet he didn't make any mistakes. He he made that one, which allowed Max to close up the gap a bit more. But after that, after Max gave him back the lead, Hamilton didn't put a wheel wrong, whereas Max was looking a little bit shaky there. So well done to him. I mean, he really did show that it is Hamilton, it's not the car. He is a fantastic driver. But can you think of the last time where Hamilton actually had to race against a rival like that? You know, uh, the fact that he's got that skill after so many years of it, I want to say, being not having to be in his makeup, he just he was fantastic. So props to him for winning that race. I think for the neutrals, unfortunately, a little bit gutted that it wasn't Max, just because that would have added a bit more spice to it. But Max has shown that uh, he will be winning races this season, so he's hoping he doesn't make any more mistakes. Yeah, it's, it's funny, really. When you look at Hamilton v Verstappen over the years, I don't think we've ever really seen the two of them kind of fight, you know, in even machinery 
and you know, kind of just not holding anything back. I think Verstappen's attacked Hamilton a few times over the years, but that's been, you know, Hamilton's not really needed the position because he's already had a, a, a title wrapped up, for example. So he's been pretty conservative. Um, for me, at least, this was the first time that we saw we saw them go, you know, both of them go all out and Hamilton be pretty 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 aggressive with his defending um and yeah like you said he's still he can still do it even if he doesn't have to go wheel to wheel too often these days looking at it though all in all do you think um do you think Verstappen's got what it takes to to take this to Hamilton this season I think he does yeah I I really think he yes he made a mistake he passed at the wrong time he also you could argue gave the position back at the wrong time if he'd waited a couple more corners for a straight to be there he would have had a better opportunity of fighting back so max is still learning how to race wheel to wheel and not against a regular driver he can do that he will do that and he'll win he's learning now he's going to have to learn this season how to race wheel to wheel against the very best that you could say formula one has ever had so it's going to be a year of learning for him. But, yeah, I, I really think at the end of the day, we're going to have a championship that's going to be Hamilton 1, Verstappen 2. Um, and the only difference between them is that Max is still honing his craft. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll have to be a quick a quick learning curve for Verstappen, I think, if he does want to win the title this year. But, um, no, yeah, I mean, looking at the first weekend, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that we are going to get we are going to get a good fight for it. And, um, oh, that's such an exciting thought. Um, I mean, Verstappen's life will be made easier and Red Bull's life will be made easier. You think by the, when, um, when Paris can be joining the front, uh, the fight at the front, obviously here to start from the pit lane. So he was never really in touch with Hamilton and Verstappen, but, um, going by that race, he'll, he'll be, he'll be right up there with Hamilton and Verstappen and Bottas. Um, well, as soon as he gets a decent qualifying under his belt, won't he? Yeah, Sergio has never been the best at qualifying, but what he can do on a Grand Prix Sunday is just absolutely fantastic, and he showed that. I mean, unfortunately, he was undone by a glitch on the formation lap. Um, I don't think Rebel have actually stated yet what went wrong there, but something obviously went very wrong. He started from the pit lane, and he, he finished he finished right there up in the points in fifth place. I mean, it was a fantastic drive for him, him. He got voted driver of the day by the fans because it was just pure Sergio class where he just sliced his way through the field like they didn't mean anything. And it was quite interesting to see because you had Sergio starting from the pit lane, you had Vettel starting, which was effectively P19, and yet one of them had a fantastic race and the other one didn't. I mean, Red Bull must be smiling all the way to the bank. The only thing they need now, like you say, is Perez to put in a good qualifying showing that he can be up there right at the front fighting Bortus, fighting Hamilton. Uh, because let's be honest, based on Sunday's performance, if he had qualified or at least started a bit better, he would have taken Valtteri Bortus easily. Yeah, yeah, I think he definitely would have. I mean, there's a lot of the race yesterday. I know it worked out with the timings of pit stops and stuff, but he was, you know, right alongside Bottas and he's from the pit lane um and i think it would de- it would help red bull and verstappen so much because again we had that on uh on sunday where verstappen was on his own against hamilton and bottas and mercedes kind of you know they could do what it, they, they it was their call in terms of strategy they you know they they could do whatever they wanted and red bull would have to respond to that so yeah i think Perez being up there would change the whole dynamic really 
And yeah, judging by Sunday, I think he can be. I mean, it was. I think he. I'm pretty sure he would have made the most overtakes of anyone on track. And um, I mean, they were all clean as well. I think. I think Verstappen could actually learn a bit from his new teammate in that regard, because pretty much Perez's race was he waited until turn one, the D- the DRS zone on the pit straight every lap, um, and then dived down the inside really to get the place. I, I think what I really noticed as well was just, I, I think it made me realize just how good the Honda engine is this year, because in a lot, in, in a lot of scenarios, he was a pretty way, he was pretty far back from the guy he was behind. Uh, at the start of the pit straight but with that engine with drs he'd you know get in front of him by the end of it um i mean in terms of machinery that red bull it's got to be the best on the grid i think yeah i agree with you there i mean red bull have so okay so this year they've changed the floors of the cars which mercedes and aston martin both run low rate cars and they say they've lost about a second a lap because of that uh more than their rivals whereas red bull have a high rate car so they're smiling all the way to the bank at the moment. But it's not just it's not just the chassis that's part of the equation. I mean, Honda, this is now their final season in Formula One. And they came out before the season started saying they're going to throw everything into this. And so far, it, it really does look like they've thrown everything in the kitchen sink into building the best engine that's on the grid. But again, it's, it's one of those time will tell sort of things. You know, Bahrain's a different track to most between the heat you know, the, the wind, the sand, there's a lot of other factors that the drivers have to deal with. So, yeah, let's wait till Imola and see what happens then. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mercedes of um, 2017, 2018, at the start of the season, Ferrari probably looked to have the quicker car, but Mercedes always did claw it back. So, yeah, I think Red Bull are probably, probably a tad ahead at the moment, but yeah you'd expect you'd expect mercedes to close that gap and make it even again which again yep that's good for us we want to see verstappen and hamilton in there in even machinery really um looking beyond the the fight at the front the uh the hamilton v verstappen perez has charged through the back which other drivers stood out to you i have to say i was very happy to see how the ferrari drivers did i mean both charles leclerc and carlos Sainz scored points for the scuderia which is you know that in itself is a, is a step forward for ferrari having two drivers in the points lando norris he was fourth i mean you know there was a whole thing at the beginning of the season like who's going to win this battle between lando and daniel ricardo and i, I think pretty much all of us said that you know, come the end of the day, Danny Rick's going to take it, but Lando might have an edge at the start of the season. And he put in a fantastic race on, on Sunday night, finished fourth, scored points. Danny Rick was also in the points, but I think he was three positions behind Lando. So it was good to see the the youngster use his advantage that he has right now. And, you know, he can only be hoping long may it continue. But the one I really liked was AlphaTauri's new rookie, Yuki Tsunoda. He scored on his debut. I think something like the 63rd or 64th driver to score in his debut race. But the kid was just great. I mean, he didn't put a wheel wrong. He was solid throughout the weekend. Um, yeah, just absolutely fantastic to watch. And yeah, I think AlphaTauri are potentially looking at their next Red Bull driver in, in a year or two's time. Yeah, I mean, Perez has really got to make sure that he stays on it because Helmut Marko would have watched that performance and thought, oh, that sounds good, sticking him next to Verstappen, two of my boys. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sonoda, he made a pretty 
pretty unspectacular start to the race. I don't think he gained any positions, but that's probably pretty sensible, all things considered, if you look at a certain other rookie. And yeah, I think once he pitted and went onto his second stint, he just kind of, yeah, he kind of charged through the grid, really. I think he overtook Sebastian Vettel three times in the race. Um, he also overtook Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen. So that's yeah, three world champions that he went past on his debut, which, um, yeah, it's not bad going. Um, yeah, he got P9 in the end. Yeah, I think it's definitely, he was definitely one of the standout drivers. Looking at the point scoring positions, obviously, you know, we've already mentioned Leclerc, Ricardo, Norris and Sainz. I mean, in terms of midfield battle, it looks like it's going to be Ferrari versus McLaren at the top of it, doesn't it? Definitely Ferrari versus McLaren. I think uh, I think AlphaTauri will be in the mix. Uh, Pierre Gasly didn't have didn't have a great start, to put it mildly. Uh, I think he he made contact with Daniel Ricciardo. I think it was. Uh, Gas landed up with a, a broken front wing. He had to put for that one. But I think if it's yeah if it if he's able to avoid the the first lap or the the first couple of laps argy bargies, I, I think AlphaTauri could actually be involved in that battle. Um, the shock being pretty much that Aston Martin are not in there. I mean, even Alpine would have had a good race if, if Alonso had finished, but uh, unfortunately he didn't. So, yeah, I think we're going to have McLaren, Ferrari, AlphaTauri, and potentially Alpine in that mix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at Alpine, obviously Ocon didn't have didn't have the best of races, but oh, it was it was so good seeing Alonso back on the grid. He uh, yeah, obviously he retired with a brake issue. Um, some more bad luck for him. But uh, yeah, I mean before that he looked he looked as he looked as good as he was in 2018, I think. And um, I'm not sure if he would have ultimately scored points because obviously Sonoda was on a on a charge from the back. But he was generally running in the points for most of the time before he retired. Yeah, it's pretty encouraging signs for him, I think, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, he made it into Q3, so well done for that. I mean, that for him must have been quite an achievement and quite a moment. And like you say, he was running inside the points, I think roughly about 7th or 8th throughout most of the race. So he would have been in the battle with Sonoda and Stroll for the final final couple of points. But the best part of what Alonso said after the race was that he had fun. And I think for someone of Fernando Alonso's stature and experience, that's the most important thing. As long as he's having fun, he'll give his all out on track. And, and we saw that on Sunday. So long may that continue. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, his team will definitely be 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 re- blowing a sigh of relief that he at least had fun, you know, because I think a happy Alonso is one of the best on the grid and an unhappy Alonso is still one of the best on the grid, but not good for his team. So, uh, yeah, long may that continue, hopefully. Um well, I think we've mentioned every kind of new driver that we were impressed by that did well, that had a good race. Um, new drivers and rookie or a new team. So I think now we need to kind of have a look at the ones who we weren't so impressed by. And sadly, Sebastian Vettel jumps out here. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a good qualifying session. He started in P19 only because Perez started from the pit lane in the end. And yeah, after after a really good start encouraging start things uh yeah they didn't go well for him no it definitely didn't and i have to say i'm oh i'm gutted for seb i mean it's it just 
didn't go well for him. He In qualifying, he was 18th and pretty much blamed the yellow flags that came out in Q1 for that. Only for the stewards to go, well, actually, no, wait, <laughs> you didn't actually slow for the double-waved yellows. So now you're sitting there thinking, well, then why was he so slow in qualifying if he wasn't if he wasn't actually slowing for those yellow flags. He started in, well, dropped to 20th place after his penalty. As you say, started 19th. I think he worked his way up to 12th or 13th at one stage. Um, And then next thing, he was passed by Perez and dropped another position. And then he dropped another position. And I say, I'm just, I'm absolutely gutted for him. I was really hoping for better. And it just it just didn't come. And then he rear-ended Ocon, um, complained that Ocon had moved in the braking zone, and it was just it was just waves of Vettel 2020 Ferrari. And I, I don't know who's more worried, Vettel's fans or Aston Martin. Yeah, it was it was definitely cause for concern. I think I think mainly the like you said the mistake that when he smashed into the back of Ocon. I mean that was and sort of mistake we've seen from Vettel so much in the last few years. Really, um, you know I think ever since he kind of lost his title fight to Hamilton in 2018, he's just made those kind of errors time and time again. Which yeah, a driver of his stature of his experience really shouldn't be making and. Last year, we all told ourselves that it was probably the car, the Ferrari. It just didn't suit him. It was built for Leclerc. But, um, yeah, it's too soon to jump to conclusions after the first race, obviously. You know, he'll take some time to get used to his new car and everything. But it wasn't wasn't an encouraging start, really. Um, I mean, Lance Stroll was, had comfortably comfortably had the better of him all weekend, really. Which, I mean, Vettel, just he can't afford that for the rest of this season, can he? No, definitely not. I mean, Vettel signed a multi-year deal with Aston Martin, but that multi-year deal, as Lawrence Stroll has shown with Sergio Perez, can quickly be chopped off at the knees if things don't go according to plan. I think Vettel is, as horrific as it is to say, fighting for his career this season. He needs to be on level with Lawrence Stroll. And that in itself is worrying to say because... Unfortunately, a lot of people still feel Lance, Lance Stroll is more in Formula One because dad owns the team than because of his ability. And that's not to say he doesn't have ability, but it's it's dad's money that's that's paved the way. So for a four-time world champion to be coming up short against Lance Stroll, that's, that's a concern. And that'll be a concern for Aston Martin. I mean, they've spent all this money on Vettel in the hope that he'll be the one who motivates them, who is their talisman throughout the season and brings them to the fore in the championship fight. And and then he goes and, and has a Sunday like that. Yeah, I mean, all it takes to, to sack a driver early is money, basically. And Lawrence Stroll has money, that's for sure. I mean, like, like you said, he did it with Perez last year. He made the call. He's not afraid to do it. And... Yeah, I think he would do it again with Vettel if Vettel had a terrible year, especially, you know, with the new regulations coming in, every team needs a strong lineup and there's going to be there's going to be a fair few drivers available. You know, you'd think maybe Bottas will be available if, if we assume Russell goes to Mercedes. Um, Gasly is going to be available. I mean, yeah, there's certainly options. So I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that if Vettel continues to drive like this that could be 
yeah, that could be the end of his time in F1, um, which none of us want to see. I think everybody in F1 really does want to see him get back on form um, and get back to his old self, really. It feels like so long since we've seen. On the bright side, he, uh, he I don't think he was the driver to have the worst day. Um, I think that award probably has to go to the man now widely known as Nikita Mazaspin. <laughs> um, I mean, he, yeah, ended up facing the wrong way, I think, twice in qualifying, which is pretty impressive considering he went out in Q1. And then, yeah, his race lasted about a corner, basically, before he crashed out. I mean, as, as far as starts to life in F1 go, it doesn't get much worse than that. No, I can't remember the last time someone had quite this much of a horrific start to their Formula One career. And I mean, the irony with Nikita is it started last year already when he wasn't even in Formula One. So, yeah, he had an absolute nightmare. He spun twice in the practice sessions. He spun twice in qualifying, as you said. He spun on his first hot lap. He spun on his second hot lap. And the best part about the second spin in qualifying is that he absolutely fluffed it for those behind him because he brought out the yellow flags as he landed up facing in the wrong direction. But he had overtaken, like, many of the field to actually get to that position and then spun it. And then he gets to the race and he oh, dropped it into the barrier. And you're just sitting there going... Does this kid deserve to be in Formula One? Yes, it's his opening weekend. And yes, we are, I'm going to say, potentially a little unfairly harsh on him, given last year's off-track antics. But he ended his Formula Two career with 11 penalty points, one away from a race ban. And this weekend's Bahrain Grand Prix pretty much showed why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I saw the Haas fly off in the back of the picture and it turned out it was Mazepin I thought well I guess he must have been hit or something which you know first lap incidents happen hey ho life goes on but he wasn't he just lost control on his own accord um which yeah is the one thing he was probably told not to do by Gunther Steiner I think you know I don't think Steiner was expecting anything special any points he would have just told Schumacher and Mazepin bring the car home safely. And yeah, like, like you said, I think Mazepin's reputation, his popularity is very low coming to F1, given given the controversies surrounding him. And he said that he'd let his driving do the talking. Well, <laughs> if that's his strategy, he needs to drive a bit better than that. Or uh, I don't think he's going to be improving that reputation anytime soon, to be honest. Um so, yeah, pretty disastrous first weekend for him. In terms of Schumacher, well, things weren't as bad, were they? He he did at least make it to the end. Exactly. Mick made it to the end. And like you said, prior to the start of the race weekend, Gunther Steiner said he had one goal for his drivers in Bahrain, bring the car home. Mick brought the car home. He brought the car home, I think, stone last in the 16th place, a lap down. But he brought the car home. He got to learn about the tyres like he said, at one stage, he caught the back of the Williams of Nicholas Latifi. So he got to feel what it was like to be in the car while following closely to someone. There were a lot of lessons learned by Mick this weekend. Uh, but I think perhaps the biggest lesson that he learned was don't do what Nikita does. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's a good start to him just just because he didn't do that really. Um, I, I, before the season, I think all of us at Planet F1 said that Haas were going to finish bottom. Um, I don't think there was too much debate about that. And yeah, from the first race, that's that's definitely going to be the case. I think, isn't it? You know, Willie, Alfa Romeo were way ahead. They were actually fighting for points, and yeah, Williams were a fair margin uh, clear as well. I mean. I don't think it's going to be a great season for the American team. No, definitely not. I mean, they have gone into the season without improving on last year's car, barring a few a few minor changes and, of course, changes to the floor and diffuser. I think they might introduce some more updates at Imolo or the race after, but then that's, that's it for 2021. Gunter has said this year is all about preparing the drivers for 2022. It's all about the team spending its money on 2022, and hopefully that year will go better for Haas. But in the meantime, this season's going to come with a lot of pain, and I think the only thing that Steiner and Gene Haas can hope for is that that pain is not actually caused by their drivers like Nikita did on Sunday. But yeah, well done to Mick. I mean, I, I, before the race, I was sitting there thinking, what must be going through this kid's mind? I mean, he's... He's a Formula 2 champ. He's a driver who who has success in junior levels. And he is probably the driver, the the most under-pressure driver to ever step foot on a Formula 1 grid, given that his father's Michael Schumacher. We don't know anything about Michael's health. Uh, The family's been keeping that a secret. But what would have been going through Mick's head when he stood on that grid and he's like, wow, I'm actually doing this. So well done to him. Despite all of that pressure that was on his shoulder, he brought the car home. Yeah, and I think in a weird kind of way, having having a pretty awful car this year may may help him a bit in a way that it'll ease that pressure a bit, those expectations, because, yeah, at the end of the day, he's not really going to be expected to do much more than just finish a race. So, yeah, I think for his first year, if he keeps doing what he did on Sunday, he'll probably... Yeah, he can be pretty happy with how it went, I think. Well, all in all, it was, uh, yeah, that was a hell of a return for the sport. And it's just um, just bloody great to have it back, isn't it? It is. I mean, well done to Formula One, uh, especially to Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. They put on one hell of a show for us. And it was, yeah, it was wonderful to see the sport back. Behind them, the midfield delivered as it, as it did last season. So... Yeah, just the thought of having a battle at the front this year, as well as that midfield tussle, bring it on. Yep, for sure. I think there's a lot of reasons to be more excited than ever, really, heading into a season. Because, yeah, like you said, I think we're going to get the Verstappen v. Hamilton battle. Um, Paris could be in the mix. The midfield looked, looked more exciting than ever. 23 races, 22 to go. Oh, it's an exciting thought. Um, next up is Imola in three weeks' time. That's going to be a painful wait. I think that might actually feel longer than the entire off-season. Yeah, I'm happy that Formula One's going back to Imola. It's it's a race that I've always enjoyed in the past. It's a fantastic track, the the San Marino circuit. So yeah, I think we're in for we're in for a good race. Well, yeah, we'll be back then, three weeks' time to discuss everything that happens in that race hopefully hopefully to discuss a, an equally as good battle at the front i've got my hopes up now i'm uh, yeah feeling confident that, that that'll be the case again so for today thanks for coming on my show always a pleasure finley
And thanks, as always, thank you to everyone for listening. Um, So, yeah, join us back here in three weeks for the next episode of the season. Um, And in the meantime, keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com. And uh, follow us on social media as well. Our Facebook's just planetf1, and our Twitter is planet underscore f1. If you're enjoying the podcast, then um, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. It does really help us out. And, um, yeah, that's just about everything. So thanks again, and see you soon. Bye. We're free. Finally. Free now. Free to bump elbows again now. Free to finally see mom, dad, gran, even that weird uncle now. Free to escape the news, finally say I do, or even a first, hey you, now. Free to go north side, south side, or even the seaside and be free as a city seagull now. Free to... Now, there's nothing like the feeling of being free now. Ready? Book a ride now with Free Now. And with Ireland's shortest wait times, we're always ready. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.